Welcome to Grapples to Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to which do you prefer, Mangu or Mofongo? Oh, Mangu. Mm. Mangu all day. I love Mangu. I could eat that for breakfast. Is it because you're Dominican? I think it's partially because I'm Dominican. Mm -hmm. And Mofongo, when I've had it, tends to have too much like garlic. Yeah. And I'm not about it. Yeah, no, I, I don't like either. Either it's that's very un Puerto Rican of you to like to not like mofongo. Yeah, no, I again like you said, it, it's just every time I've had it, way too much garlic. Too much, right? Uh, way like, too garlicky. Uh, are they tr- are they trying to keep vampires away <laughs> from us? Anyway, you are listening to us for the third day in a row. It's like you're lucky day. It's like Christmas is what it is. Like Christmas and Hanukkah combined. It's like you get Hanukkah, you get Christmas, you get New Year's. That's it. That's it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Boom. <laughs> you're listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples, the number two. two. Apples. Don't listen to us on SoundCloud. Maybe you'll listen to us on that Google Play Music. Maybe that Apple Podcast. Doesn't matter where you're listening. As long as you are listening. As usual, I am one of your hosts, the very sensual, the very doit, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, ya boy, Shades, joined always for at least for the last three days (laughs) by my hetero life mate, Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I'll be, because that's who I is. What we're going to do today, Mr. Thrill, is we're going to recap and review our last bit of wrestling for this weekend, WWE's Extreme Rules 2019, live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The Wells Fargo Center. Wells Fargo. You know who plays the Wells Fargo Center? The Flyers. Boo. The 76ers. Boo. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. They play across the street from, uh, well, across across the street from the link. I was say it's not that close, is it? It's like parking lot, parking lot, parking lot, link, and then the Phillies. We're gonna recap, review a surprisingly good Extreme Rules 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, yeah, Mr. Thrill. Oh, it is. Let's ring that bell. So we had. Two matches in the kickoff show. The first match, much to my surprise, I did not think they should have been on the kickoff show, and they announced it only earlier in the day, was Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor defending his championship versus Shinsuke Nakamura. They gave this match such little time. Hmm. That in, I feel like it never took off. Mm-hmm. And then Shinsuke won. And Kinshasa... Kinshasa... IC champion. So just basically similar... If you watch SmackDown, you yeah. watch the pre-show, except SmackDown's match was better. I agree. Yeah, 100%. I thought the SmackDown match was better. Uh, I'm not necessarily against this, per se. Mm-hmm. I just don't like how they went about it. Zero heat... You know, and it wasn't even like I'm okay with something and having no heat if you let it build within the match. Yeah. If you let them tell the story in the ring, in the match, in the moment. And this is what like, we spoke about Friday. Right. Like when AJ and Finn had their match at TLC when everyone had the mumps. Yes. There was no heat. But because they gave them time and because AJ and Finn are AJ and Finn, they pulled off a fantastic match. And there was there wasn't necessarily heat, but there was history there. Right. As both of them were, you know, leaders yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Bullet Club. Right. They weren't in the, the club together, but 
was one leader came in after the other. Look. Exactly. One succeeded the other. Right. But I'm like this again. These two are such good wrestlers mm-hmm. that, given time, I think it could have been okay without having the backstage the the backstory. Yeah. But it just fell flat. Shinsuke is the new Intercontinental Champion, which I'm happy for Shinsuke. I hope that means they do something with him. And I hope, furthermore, that this means something better for Finn. Yeah. Because if he's going to drop it to Shinsuke, it better be for a reason. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be... If you're going to lose the IC title in a eight-minute match on the pre-show to Extreme Rules, you got to get pushed to the main event scene. Yeah. I mean... It's only a matter of time. They need more people there anyway. And yeah. He should go over to SmackDown, to be honest. He's already on SmackDown. See? This wildcard stuff has been mixed up. Yeah, he's already on SmackDown. I don't know who's on what show anymore. Well, SmackDown has... The he's on SmackDown. Yeah, he's the Intercontinental Champion. I see titles on SmackDown. In the U.S. zone Raw. Correct. You're right. See, I can't. I can't keep up with this stuff. Because the, the SmackDown Women's Championship was defended against a Raw Women's Superstar. So, what do I know? Two. Two Roman Superstars. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, so, yeah. Shinsuke is the new IC champion. Next on the pre-show. Second match. Hour-long pre-show. Drew Gulak. The current, at the time, Cruiserweight champion. Taking on former champion Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. And... Again, another... If you're going to... Alright, if you're going to book the pre-show, you have two matches... It's an hour-long pre-show. Why are both title matches only getting seven and a half minutes? It doesn't make any sense. Their pre-show match, give them ten minutes. Give them twelve minutes here. Twelve minutes there. You don't need to talk for what is really 46 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Sam Roberts. Mm-hmm. I don't like Jonathan Coachman. And you got these guys talking for 46 minutes, 45 minutes. When you have wrestlers like with the caliber of Finn Balor and Drew Gulak, Tony Nese is coming to his own as a wrestler, and then, mm-hmm. of course, Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we doing here? Yeah, because well, they'd rather spend all that time with promo packages and the, the people at the table giving their opinion and recapping Raw SmackDown. And that's not fun. No, I 100% agree with you. Right, Drew Gulak goes over and wins the Cruiserweight Championship from Tony Nese. Oh, he retains it. Oh, he retains it, yes. Yeah. Trying to use bigger words for you. <laughs> trying to impress you. Use that dictionary you gave me for Christmas. So, Drew Gulak re- retains the Cruiserweight Championship. I mean, right now, the Cruiserweight title scene is... The Cruiserweight scene in general is kind of... Stagnant, where yeah, they're still recovering from losing Mustafa, Buddy, and Cedric. I, it's not Cedric. It's uh, what was it? Gary Garbit. Oh, Gary, Gary, Garbit. Gary the Go Garbit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, that's that's the way the the pre-show basically ends. Yeah, just two short matches and one of many title changes. Yeah, so the show kicks off proper. Much to my surprise, although in hindsight it makes a lot of sense, with The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre mm. in a no-holds-barred tag team match. Not an Extreme Rules <laughs> match. A no-holds-barred match. So I'm not going to get into the whole thing about this like I did between you and I before, like, before we got on air, but I will say this. Ladies and gentlemen, a no-holds-barred match... Is not a no DQ match, nor is it an Extreme Rules match. However, WWE treats it as such, and so stupidly, we have two matches with the same stipulation under different names. Yeah. Moronathon, I compete in you. A no holds barred match would be if, let's say, Roman Reigns wanted to put Shane McMahon in the testicle twist. Right. That's not barred. There are certain... Okay, yeah, if you want to get into this now. There are, there are specific holds, quote-unquote, holds, 
that are banned or barred in professional wrestling. The testicle twist is one of them. Testicle twist is in fact one of them. Yes. Um, eye rake, eye gouge, um, a straight up like yeah, double double hand double choke. hand choke, um, things of that nature. Ooh, I'm, I'm guessing you double know hand choke. like a. I'm sure titty twister and purple rebels are probably not legal either. Nuggies, <laughs> rub away. So there, there. Excuse always me. something. It's always something. It's always something. So there, there are specific rules under the unwritten rule umbrella of professional wrestling that are illegal in a standard wrestling match. A no holds barred match means that all of those moves or holds are legal. However, that does not mean that you can use foreign objects or that opponents can interfere, or that there are no rope breaks, so on and so forth. However, WWE, just, sure, synonym, why not? Because lowest common denominator, what do you know? I mean, I, I know disqualification match, under the umbrella of WWE, of course, is a no disqualification match, a no holds barred match, extreme rules match, are all the same thing. The same thing. Right. The only difference that a false count anywhere match has is that false count anywhere. Right. A last man standing match again can take place outside of the ring. Exactly. Otherwise, it has to take place inside the ring. It's dumb. Anyway, now that we've gone past the logistics and semantics of WWE treating their fans like morons, um, the match itself was significantly better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Not to say that this is a masterpiece. No, not by any stretch. Because it's not. But Taker did not look like he wanted to die. And to me, that's always the biggest thing. Does Undertaker look like he's in pain just by existing? Yeah. Because oftentimes, in the last few years, he looks like he's in pain just by existing. Yeah, I I mean, his Goldberg match, it was rough. Mm -hmm. Any match he's had, the tag team match with him and Kane and uh, Trips and and Sean was a a rough one. His match with Triple H was a rough one. It was... Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, give it up, Mark. Give it up, Taker. Like, please. But he didn't look bad here. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's not the Undertaker of old. Of course. But he didn't, again, he did not look like he was suffering the entire time. And the way the match was put together really benefited him. Mm-hmm. Because you had, you know, it's a no-holds-bar match, so you're able to do a lot of the outside-of-the-ring stuff and weapon stuff and putting him through the table in the outside and mm-hmm. Roman being his partner gets to come in and do a lot of heavy lifting when he needs to. Yeah. And so it's a well-structured match for the men in the ring and I think that produced a decent match. It was a surprisingly good match. Yeah. And I didn't think we can say that with Shane McMahon and The Undertaker being yeah. in there, uh, both men being pseudo-part-timers. Right. Now, what perplexes me is the fin- the booking of the finish. Yeah. So, Taker ends up getting the tombstone pinfall on Shane McMahon. So, I can't see how this leads into Taker versus McIntyre at SummerSlam. Unless that's not the plan at all, which... Great, so now we have to prolong this to WrestleMania? I hope not. Or Survivor Series, at least. I hey, if they do cyclical and let Taker retire at Survivor Series where he debuted, yeah, I'm cool. I mean, it's not going to force Undertaker and Shane into a program right now because no. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon are doing mm-hmm. the Stone Cold Vince McMahon thing, right? And it, for me, that's a little it's played. So I'll do something different. I'm enjoying it. I I I'm not. I'm not. Enjoying it just because I've seen this already. But it's a different take, though. Because Stone Cold was going up against Vince because he was going up against Vince. He was the anti McMahon. Mm-hmm. Where Kevin Owens is, quote unquote, speaking out for the fans and for the wrestlers in the back. So the story's a little different. Take, I mean, Stone Cold didn't care about anybody else. Stone Cold wasn't going out there because he wanted to, he was looking out for. X-Pac or Takamishinoku or Val Venus or anybody else in the back. Stone Cold was looking out for Stone Cold and Vince was in his way. 
I understand that. So it's a different story. Yeah, but the whole... It's too close to the original story, I understand. in my opinion. I understand. I get your trepidation, but... I personally am cool with it. Yeah. Next match, we have The Revival. Defending their tag titles against The Usos. <clears throat> the Raw Ooh, Tag Team Usos. Championships against Jimmy and Jey Uso. Yes. And this match, again, probably two of the best tag teams in the world, at mm-hmm. least top five tag teams in the world, mm-hmm. put on a, a, a good match. Mm-hmm. The Revival go over with the Shatter Machine on Beautiful I can't tell which one it is ever, Jimmy or Jay. I can't tell, I just forgot which one it was. I, I want to say Jimmy. Was he wearing a bandana on his neck? I don't know. Because Jay was wearing a bandana on his neck today. No, it was Jimmy then. Oh, so there you go. Yes, I was right. Awesome. So they hit the shadow machine on Jimmy. One, two, three. Revival go over. And I'm happy about this because mm-hmm. I don't agreed. I don't need the Raw Tag Team Championships changing hands every other week. I agree. Let the revival do something with this. Stay in a program. Build up the belts. Build up the revival. Build the division. Build up the division. Yeah. And and then go from there. Because right now, I mean, when you have the Raw Smack, the Raw, ah, excuse me, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I'll keep saying the Raw versus SmackDown. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships tonight, you had three teams, and that was basically their entire division. Yeah. The Raw division is significantly more stacked mm-hmm. than SmackDown's. Mm-hmm. So if you have the Revival going to a different program with somebody else, I mean, let's see, let's see where it goes from there. Yeah. Let's see. I'd be interested to see the Good Brothers. I was about to say, well, we have a certain duo who's part of a trio whose leader has a championship now. So let's say they, they go hunting for gold also. Yeah. So the following match after that was Alistair Black finally having someone to accept his challenge, and that person was Cesaro. Who now has the most generic entrance in the world with some generic looking tights and a generic jacket. So I'm just going to call him Mr. Generic. The generic Cesaro. The generic Cesaro. The Thwith generic. No. Generic Cyborg? Yeah! The generic Cyborg. So Alistair Black took on the generic Cyborg Cesaro. Um, It was a good match. Not amazing. Not great. Good. Yeah, For yeah. the time that these two had, that's what you're going to get. And the highlight of this match came in their striking between the two. Mm-hmm. Anytime that they had like wrestling moves with one another, it was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. But once they got into like Cesaro did a slingshot uh, European uppercut, which looked fantastic. And tried it again, got caught with a knee, mm-hmm. which caught him flush. Um, Alistair Black caught him with a couple strikes right in the face. So, the striking between the two of them was top-notch. Yeah. And when Alistair Black hit him with that black mass to finish it... Flawlessly. Caught him just... Flush. Flush. And Cesaro sold it perfectly. And it's, it's what Alistair needs. 10-minute match with someone who can go, he goes out on top, we move on. I wish they gave him a little bit more time, because I know that Cesaro and Alistair Black can put on a, a good match. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see this get an extra three minutes, an extra four or five minutes. The problem is with how long this show already was, for a B-pay-per-view, this show went on for four hours. Yeah, it, I mean, you had 13 matches, so it, it was, it, it went on five for... Five if you count the pre-show. No. Because the kickoff started at 6. And the show ended at 11. So yeah, 5 hours. 5 hours for Extreme Rules. Yeah. Like, that's SummerSlam time. That's Survivor Series time. That's WrestleMania Jays. That's that's creeping on WrestleMania times. Yeah, that's 6 hours. So next we have the handicap match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Yes. Champion Bailey defending her title against... Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And the one thing, the only thing for me that stood out in this match is the WWE's behind Bailey. 
to book her this strong to have her win and come out like with a clean win mm-hmm. says a lot about them trusting Bailey. Right. Or is this a response to the Sasha stuff? Why would it be a response to the Sasha stuff? Because Sasha's quote unquote, like in their eyes, she took her bowl and went home. And so, as a response, they're rewarding Bailey to show up Sasha. So Bailey's just reaping the benefits of Sasha taking her ball and going home? Perhaps. You know how Vince you know how petty Vince is. Or maybe it's just like, hey, look what we're doing with one of your close friends, you know? Come back and we can do this with you too. Yeah. Also possible. I mean, so my thing with Bailey, to go a little bit off topic, is I feel like WWE's at a crossroads with her character. She's still coming out with the Bailey buddies and this whole hugger section and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then the announce team goes out of their way to point out, oh, she's changed in her in-ring. She's, you know, more aggressive. She's more assertive. She's this, she's that, blah, 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 blah. So it's like... I understand that in NXT, that that was who her character was. Yeah. She was this character who was all bubbly and all about hugs, but when it came down to it, she can kick some butt. Yeah. But that hasn't been her character on the main roster. On the main roster, you we've associated her bubbly hugger, Bailey buddy stuff with her getting beaten all the time and her being afraid to use a kendo stick and the Bailey, this is your life segment. Yeah. So then if you're going to take a turn to change your character, even ever so slightly, I think maybe you get rid of the Bailey buddies. At least to start, you get rid of that stuff. And then maybe you get rid of the hugger section. And just let her be who she is. Because I think if you remove those two things, that's enough to take her character in the direction where it's going. Where it's not a huge departure, but it's enough of a departure where maybe that's why she's getting booed when she came out today. Because mm. she got booed by Philly. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know, just a thought. I feel like they're in a crossroads with her. They need to decide one way or the other what they're doing with her. Well, right now, they're definitely booking her strong. For sure. For sure. But... Because she won clean as a whistle. And she she pinned... Um, Nikki. Nikki. She caught Alexa with the knees up on the Twisted Bliss. Yes. Who then tagged in Nikki Cross. She got caught with a knee to the face. And then and she then hit her the, with the... The, the flying the, elbow. Well... The Macho Man elbow. The diving elbow, because that was... That was, <laughs> it was, was a falling elbow. It was a falling elbow. Yeah. Shooting star elbow. <laughs> Next match we have Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. You took that was, that was, you took my spot, bro. That's oh, sorry. I was just so ex- I, I, I was so excited about this match because I was surprised on how good it was. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. This was mindless entertainment. Yeah, that's what this was. This was okay. My brain's off. Let's just watch two giant. Muscle monsters just beat the unholy hell out of each other for 17 minutes. What I liked about the match was that it wasn't just about being in the ring or being at ringside. Mm-hmm. They went in the fans. They went in the crowd. They went on uh, on the mezzanine and they the were concourse. Concourse and they're throwing merch tables and it, it was an entertaining match for me. They didn't get goofy where they didn't go to like. The concession stand, like, beat each other with hot dogs. Or, like, yeah, or throw ketchup or mustard right, on right. each other. They didn't get yeah. goofy. They stayed serious. This was a serious fight. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll get something, like, a goofy some type thing with, like, if a Dean Ambrose was still here, you know? Right. You have Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman who are trying to establish themselves as the monster on Raw. Mm-hmm. I mean... They're the end of the match. Well, let's not forget about the funny part where Bobby Lashley threw a fan at Braun Strowman, and the fan looked confused and scared at the same time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I thought a fan was actually running in. That's but, what I thought. At but first then too. I realized I see like Lashley's arms extended, extended yeah, yeah, and yeah. the guy just the horror <laughs> in his face running into Braun, and Braun just like grabbed him and just like pushed him to the <laughs> side. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're throwing fans now? Like, this is definitely something definitely some I've never seen before. Right. Throwing fans. Man, they, they're definitely trying to show out uh, over AEW. I mean, 
I mean, at least they're throwing Philly fans. Uh, we don't care if a Philly fan gets hurt. Because <laughs> they're filthy, horrible creatures. <laughs> so the finish of this match was a little obvious, but at the same time had a nice little twist at the end. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're fighting amongst the, the, the audience and the crowd up in the seats, and you see this little, like, wooden... It looks like barn doors. <laughs> it looked like barn doors, yeah. And you and I are both just like, oh, that's gimmicked. They're going to go through that and then right down to wherever is down there. Yeah. And it turned out to just be like this giant black box. I'm like, oh, how convenient. There's a giant black box in the middle, like right in this entryway under these barn doors. So Braun kicks open the barn doors, picks up Lashley, does his running power slam onto into the big black box underneath it. And so at first I get a little annoyed because the referee, instead of being overhead and counting where he can see them both visibly, he comes down to like floor level where he's in front of the big black box. He can't see anything. Yeah, but it's for the shot. And I, I understand. Like I said, initially I was annoyed because he's counting and I'm like, how do you know? For all you know, they're both standing on their feet. You just can't see them. Mm-hmm. But they get to, I think, a seven count, and all of a sudden, someone starts breaking through the wall. And it's Braun, and he comes out, throwing his arms up, and then... I think there was he was supposed to come out at, like, eight or nine. Well, by the time he came out, it was, like, eight or nine, because then the ref called nine, ten. Yeah, but Braun came out celebrating already. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we knew Braun was going to win regardless, but... I mean, if it's a seven or eight count, and Braun comes out with his arms up, and Lashley's still dead behind him. But we don't know if Lashley's dead behind him, because we couldn't see. We don't know if he's standing up. I suppose. Well, the, the blocking pretty much was supposed to tell you everything. And so, yeah, so the ref counts 9-10, counts out Lashley, Braun Strowman is victorious in the last man standing match. You, you can get the... No, it's okay, it's okay, it's oh, okay. Oh, okay. Next... We had the Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The new Daniel Bryan and the Big Redwood, Rowan, defending their titles against The New Day, Xavier Woods and Big E, and Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucky. Big Brother Tucker. This match was... This was my dud of the night. This you said it. This was your bathroom match. Yep, I didn't care about it, and then the match happened. And I didn't care for it. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I mean, for me, the best part of the match was the finish. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan's hitting uh, Biggie with the yes kicks, mm-hmm. and Biggie's just like eating it, eating it, and you feel like he's about to go down, but then he just starts to Hulk up. And then Daniel Bryan is just like, slap. Oh, he slapped Biggie And, and Biggie twice. says something I don't remember. Slaps him again. And I said, oh, he gonna die. <laughs> and, and then he did. He, he died. Then he died. And the New Day are the new six-time tag, tag team, team champions. champions. Whatever. I mean, Big Sexy called this. He's like, hey, man, what if New Day wins, you know? Like, wouldn't that be cool to have the New Day and Kofi have the titles? And I said, yeah, that'd be cool. Let them have this for, you know, they're like a month and then have Kofi drop the title at, at SummerSlam. In all actuality, it shouldn't surprise me considering the hirings of Heyman and Bischoff. This is kind of like a reset. Because apparently... So Heyman had been working with Vince, but it hasn't been his yet. Mm-hmm. And apparently Bischoff supposedly has not been at SmackDown at all yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this was something where they said, okay, this is where we currently are. Who do you guys want to be your champions? Mm-hmm. And then they reset, picked who they wanted, and then here we are. Because I think starting this week is supposedly when Bischoff... It officially takes over SmackDown. Hmm. 
Okay, I mean... Then why give the New Day the belt? But just because they're over? Again, it's a reset. It's an easy... It's an easy starting point. And now who they go into a feud with? If they just... Redo something with Daniel Bryan and, and Rowan? I feel like since before WrestleMania... Since Elimination Chamber, there has been at least one member of the New Day feuding with Daniel Bryan. It's well, annoying. There's also rumors of another uh, draft to reset the rosters again. Yeah, but when is that going to happen? I have no idea. Ain't going to happen before the summer's over. Well, look, things are going to be in a stagnant for a little bit because we have the Royal Reunion next week, so nothing's going to happen then. The Royal Reunion. <sighs> Nonsense. Let's job out a, our younger a, guys. It's a ratings grab. Our yo- let's job all out our younger is. talent to to retire people and part timers. It's a ratings grab. It's all it is. But yeah, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. We need to do. So, what I noticed, I'm sure you noticed as well, is the new day wins, but Kofi doesn't come out and celebrate with them. Yeah, which I mentioned while they were I was like, oh, where's Kofi to celebrate? And then that's when I kind of surmised that Kofi's, the outcome of his match. Kofi's going to win his match, and then they're all going to come out and celebrate. Right. But when they go to the back, Kofi's there. Mm-hmm. They're celebrating together, and Charlie Caruso is going to interview them. Interview them, and Paul Heyman walks by, grabs the mic, and basically just relays the message to us that Brock Lesnar is here, and he mm-hmm. will be cashing in his belt. Uh, his excuse me, his briefcase. On either Kofi, Kofi or, or Seth. Seth Rollins. Yeah. So the following match was the phenomenal AJ Styles going up against Ricochet for Ricochet's United States Championship. The United States Championship, which he, by the way, just won at the last pay-per-view. Yep. Um, I mean, you do you want to talk about the match before I get into my grievances with the match? I mean, it was a good match. These two, I don't think they can ever put on a bad match with each other. The Mm -hmm. chemistry's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had the club actually didn't do much until the end, of course, because their heels get involved. So, Well, they jumped him at the beginning of the match. Well, yeah, I mean, he did his the patented backflip into the pose, and then Carl Anderson jumps into the ring and attacks him, and AJ gets them out of the ring to continue the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you're free to rant now if you'd like. What's the point of putting the belt on Ricochet a month ago to get off of him this month? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't understand. Why not stretch this out? Why not build an AJ versus Ricochet feud? Once you're gonna hop potato this belt. I hope they don't have Which I hope there. they don't. Now, don't get me wrong. I love AJ having any belt. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that AJ is the United States champion. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it at the expense of Ricochet just winning it off of Samoa Joe like yesterday. Yeah. Because then it feels like, cool, so Ricochet could win a match. But he can't defend it. He can't retain it. Well, he did retain it against AJ before. What, on SmackDown or on Raw, whatever show it was? Yeah. Something about on pay-per-view. It's the Sasha Banks syndrome. Yeah. Where she only won on Raw and she was never allowed to retain it on pay-per-view. And so yeah. now there's that stigma. Yeah. So why would you do that to Ricochet? You you hold him in such high regard that you put the belt on just take it off of him? It's just dumb booking. Again, this is why I think this is all... A reset pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I think this was... They're on Raw, right? Yeah. So this is Heyman going, I want the belt on AJ. Let's start with somebody new. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of for all the title changes, especially Ricochet. Because why would you take it off of a guy who just won it? Yeah, no, that don't make any sense. It doesn't, but whatever. Anyway. What I did like about the finish, AJ hit a Styles Clash from the second rope. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. And my boy is U.S. champion again. Next match was a squash match. Squiggity squash. 
Kevin Owens. You blink and you miss it. Literally gets in the ring, stuns uh, Dolph Ziggler. One, two, three. Nothing more to it than that. 17 seconds of hello, goodbye. And there it is. The following match, number 11 on the night, was defending champion Kofi Kingston defending his WWE Championship versus Samoa Joe. Oh, this match was boring. (laughs) This match was boring. And you can tell, like, they were rushing because this match only got 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was a boring 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, this is not what... I don't think Kofi's had a good match as WWE Champion. I ain't gonna say nothing, because if any of y'all been listening, y'all already know how I feel about it. He's got He's gotten a good run. He hasn't had a good match. 100% agree. The numbers, statistically, in terms of like numerical days that he's been champion, great, fantastic, awesome, good for you. Hold on to that. In terms of what it's actually done or what it's meant? Not a damn thing. Is, like, is anyone going to remember this title reign other than like for what it was on the surface? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But, alas... Kofi is still your WWE champion. And, I and was, now all of the New Day are wearing gold. I mean, that's what uh, Xavier Woods said when they won the belt. Mm-hmm. They said we. Ha- he says we have all the gold now. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes and no. There is the matter of the IC champion. Well, they only have three guys. So? Now, what's interesting to me is I said this to you right before we went on, because someone said this on Facebook, was... Whenever the New Day wins the tag team championships, they always operate under the Freebird rule. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that Kofi Kingston is currently a double champion? Is he both the WWE champion and one-third of the SmackDown tag team champions? If they defend this title on SmackDown, is he going to be allowed to be one of the participants? Maybe. WWE, figure it out. Let me know. It is a free... They're not going to let us know. They don't... They hate us. <laughs> and they have their, their minions on Facebook who uh, attack oh. for us. Or attack for them, rather. Because I am a internet mark. An indie mark. An indie mark who only likes flippy stuff, even though that's not even remotely true. I was like, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. I am a wrestling purist. Yes. It's all about technician... If That's anyone's what? the flippy one out of the two of us, it's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on to the main evento. <laughs> you good? Yeah. yeah. Let's go with main. Okay. I'm gonna curse. Oh. <laughs> you gotta edit tonight. Not I know. Me. That's why I was like, just let's move forward. <laughs> so good. The main event. No, please, you guys. A me? Yeah. I replied. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tonight's main event was the. Here comes the word. The, the mouthful. Last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for both the WWE Universal Championship and the WWE Raw Women's Championship between Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Hmm. We got that all in one shot. Yeah, that's why Oof. you are Major English. <laughs> and I'm just essential and toy guy. That's it. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who just heard a bunch of words that didn't know what any of that meant, there's a whole bunch of stipulations to this match. So it's a mixed it's a mixed tag team match, which means women can only face the women, the men can only face the men. It is a winner's take all match, so that whoever wins, their team wins both championships. So if Seth pins Baron, both him and Becky retain. If Lacey pins Becky, both her and Baron are new champions. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Last chance, because this, another stipulation was that if Becky and Seth retained and were victorious, Baron and Lacey can never ask for 
another title shot as long as, as, long as they're champions. Yep. And an Extreme Rules match, meaning anything and everything goes. Except there's no false count anywhere. Right, it's not a false count, it's an Extreme Rules. So it's a, a no-holds-barred match. It's a, a hardcore match. It's, it's a no, no DQ match. match. Okay. It's <laughs> was it a D, uh, all of the above? Yeah, it's an all of the above match. It's <laughs> an all of the above match. So, the match was... <laughs> it wasn't bad... It wasn't good. Agreed. It served its purpose. Yeah. And my big thing was, it'd be fantastic, it'd be something different, if Baron Corbin hits the end of days on Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans pins her, and we have a new Universal and Raw Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Well, we got that halfway. So... Before we even get to the finish, I think it was before the finish itself. At some point, they're all kind of just like, I think it was like all four of them were down or something. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly started doing Brock Lesnar's entrance music. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, imagine. And in my head, I'm like, how does that work? Because technically, if it's a one on one and the match isn't ended yet, they just make it a triple threat match and include him. Mm-hmm. But considering this is a last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match, how do you insert Brock into that? What does the match then become? Um, a triple threat last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match yeah he just comes down with Sable his wife <laughs> and then Sable's the new Raw Women's Champion <laughs> so so I'm doing like Brock's music gonna hit blah 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 but it doesn't um, but we do get the spot that you just alluded to much to my surprise where Baron Corbin hits Becky Lynch with the end of days and I was just <gasps> say what? If you were like that, imagine how Seth Rollins was. And then, and then after that, he looks dead in Seth Rollins' face, and he goes, "And what are you gonna do about it, you little piece of expletive?" And I was like, "Oh my lanta!" And he walloped. Walla Baron Corbin. Kendo sticks, chair shots, chair shots, chair shots. Hit him with a stomp about three times. Three times. Now this is like, oh, well, hello, TV 14 MA. I was very surprised and a little impressed that the WWE had the cojones to do this. What's pay per view? Right, but they've never cared before. It's like once a year we get something like this. What the sh- cursing or a it's man like hitting cursing a woman? or like? Because we haven't had a man hitting blood or anything like that. We haven't know? had a man a man hit a woman in a very long time. But I guess like this is this. I mean, let's be real. The the end of days looks fantastic, but it's safe as all get out. Yeah. Like you got to really try to hurt yourself if you're the opponent taking it. Yeah, you got to like Rob Van Dam and just like land on your head. Right, because he's landing on his back. With his arm cradling you. Yeah. So the, you're really not taking any impact at all. No. So I guess they figure it's a safe move, but it gets the point across, and it was just... It helped add to the match. Oh, for sure. It helped Without add to question. the ending for sure. Without question. Because and before this, I was like, oh, whatever. And then that happened. I was like, oh, word. And then the, the foul language. And I was like, oh, word. And then Seth lost his mind. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. That sounds about right. So Seth hits the third. Oh, and good on Becky because she sold the the hit itself, and then she died. Yeah, like she was rolled she out the rolled ring and she ring. was dead. And so Seth hits the third stomp, pins Baron one two three. His music hits, and before the announcer can finish announcing, the winners and still Universal Champion and Raw Women's Champion, Seth music Seth Seth's music cuts. And we get. So, I was like, "Oh, he gonna do it! He gonna do it!" He comes down to the ring. Seth, I'm in my head. I'm sorry. I know this is supposed to be a baby face, but if we're in real life and this happening to me, I'm out. I don't care if I'm a face. I don't care if I'm a heel. You can't cash on what you can't cash. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out. I just missed this Extreme Rules match. And you come in with that briefcase and you're going to saunter down here? I'm out. 
I am out like the clout. I'm <laughs> out of here, losers. <laughs> Peace. But no, Seth stood there and he was John. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then he ate a German. And the two Germans or one German? Three Germans and an F5. And then he, the, he cashes in. They ring the bell. One F. I, I go, imagine Seth actually wins. And he picks up Seth. They go, oh, never mind. <laughs> F5, <laughs> one, two, three. And, I, and I'm like, ball game. That's, That's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, never mind. So, yeah, so Brock Lesnar is the new Universal Champion. Third, three time. The only three time champion. The only three time Universal Champion. So, the only multiple champion. We've only had one off champions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finn. Real quick, in the order of. Finn, KO, Goldberg, Brock, uh, Roman. Brock, Seth, Brock. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> My guy. Yeah, boy. So, you were saying that you're happy about this. Of Brock winning. Of Brock winning. Yes. I'm of two opinions. One, it was exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I was down for it because the way they did it was really cool. I liked the setup and I thought it was perfect the way they did it. I am never going to be a fan of Brock Lesnar being the champion. Oh, no. Because uh, he's never around. Tomorrow morning or tomorrow night when Raw's on, I'm not going to be happy about this. But to wait, the way to end out the show, yeah. I was happy about. Yes, it. yes, I thought it was a perfect way to end the show. I was cool. I was all about it. I'm just the the rep, the repercussions. I'm not a fan of. Mm. You know, with the implications moving forward, I'm not about it. The implications. Yeah, because you know, implications are enough. Now we're gonna have. Our, you know, Raw's champion not on TV ever again. We don't know that yet. That it's an, so it's implied. It's an implication. It's not a certainty. Because of the implication. Because of the implication. <laughs> <laughs> no sunny references. No sunny. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't help yourself. I can't. Between sunny references or uh, Brooklyn Nine, or Nine Brooklyn Nine, Nine, Nine the references office, yeah. or the Office references. <laughs> so. That was Extreme Rules. Let's do what we do. Shades. Your match of the night, please. My match of the night goes to, and it is a two-way tie, actually. So we have two winners. It's a co-match of the night. Oh, okay. AJ Styles and Ricochet. Okay. And Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Wayne. The last man standing match. I was thoroughly entertained. And, again, AJ Styles and Ricochet can't put on a bad match. I was thoroughly entertained for that match also. And that's why I can't choose between the both of them. And that's why we have co-match of the night. Okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> See, now, where you had two to choose from, I feel like, as oh, as good of the, as the show was, I felt like no match really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of at a crossroads. I'm not sure that I feel like there was a single match that made me go, yeah, that was match of the night. And so I think for the first time ever, I'm not going to award, to award a match of the night. Okay. Because I, I enjoyed the last man standing match, but... It wasn't match I, of the night for you. Am I putting that over Alistair and Cesaro? No. Am I putting Alistair and Cesaro over AJ and Ricochet? No. Am I putting AJ and Ricochet over the Revival and the Usos? Like, n- none of it to me... Made me go, that's the match. Yeah. So, for the first time ever, I'm saying no match of the night for Will the Thrill. Okay. So, Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. As we usually do for our pay-per-views, we yes. have our grading systems. Yes, sir. Some topes. Five being the best. Zero being the absolute worst. All in all, how do you grade WWE's Extreme Rules 2019? I'm going to give WWE Extreme Rules 2019 a 3.75. Ooh. Ooh. I thought this was above average. Yes. But not great. Yes. I thought it was entertaining. I was present for the majority of the show. Um, I wasn't crazy about some of the booking. I was bored with some of the matches. Um, 
and I felt it ran too long. So I'm gonna say three point seven five. So you're tying my record for Fight for the Fallen at three point seven five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, you and I are a little different in our ratings. Yes. Because I gave Fight for the Fallen a four. Yes. So, this is a three point seven. In my opinion, in my estimation, this was not as good as Fight for the Fallen, but above average. So, okay. three seven five. Okay, that's a that's a healthy, healthy rating. Yeah. Me. I'm going three point five. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. 3.5. That makes a lot of sense. Above average. Yeah. Entertaining. You had some matches that were pretty, like, a dud for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, all in all, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like I said, it, this may be their best pay-per-view of the year so far. I wasn't looking forward to watching this, but by the end of it, at no point did I go, oh, my God, why are we still watching this? You I know? mean, I did because I was like, man, this is running a little I mean, the, too long. Uh, right. Uh, aside from the length. Mm-hmm. The quality never made me feel like why am I watching this trash? Yeah, it didn't feel like trash. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a well put together show. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say three seven five for me and the three five for you. Yeah, um, what also factors into my decision is you have a pay per view called Extreme Rules with only one technically Extreme Rules match. We have a no holds barred match and a last man standing. And a last man standing. That's match. it. Yeah, 13 matches, and only three out of the 13 had an actual stipulation to it. And Triple Threat technically is no DQ, so we also had a Triple Threat tag match, which tended to be no DQ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we had the one match with all the stipulations. Uh, every, every, of the stipulations. <laughs> okay, every stipulation. Every of the stipulations. I'm surprised they didn't put it like in a Hell in a Cell ladder. Oh my god. <laughs> Kennel from Hell match. Oh my, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god. I was watching something earlier, I think today or yesterday, that referenced that match. Kennel from Hell? Yeah. Where the dogs were just just peeing and pooping all over the floor. And they're humping each other. I'm just like, who thought this was a good idea? It's like, oh yeah, these dogs are going to look vicious. And they're just sitting there. They're sitting there doing nothing. They're pooping, they're peeing, and then they're humping each other. Could you imagine being Al Snow and Big Boss and having to work through that much? And all you smell is Poop. feces and urine. and Oh my god. And you had to work a match while you're at it? There have been eight Universal Championship reigns, and Brock has three of them. Yay. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was WWE's Extreme Rules 2019 live from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. As usual, I have been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, the Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is. Joined by my hetero life mate. Man, the hour, man with the power, too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top. Yeah, boy, shades. Don't forget to, to catch us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples so Apples. That's Grapples the number two. two. Apples, if you don't want to catch us on SoundCloud, try Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our social media pages, Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two. two. Apples, where we'll be interacting with you guys whenever you guys want to interact with us. Don't forget, we want your picks for your top five tag teams currently in the world, we'll be revealing our top five, respectively, on next week's, or this week's upcoming episode. So until then, don't forget to tune in, because an apple a day keeps a bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love. Peace and love.